Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann and the issue of seismic blasting raises its head again. This past weekend, 26 groups from communities around South Africa came together this past Saturday in a wave of protest against seismic surveys and gas drilling off South African coastlines. Multinational corporations including Shell, Total Energies and contractors such as CGG and Searcher are amongst the focal points of the latest round of public outrage. The most pressing of those appear to be CGG, who has already been granted the go-ahead by the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy South Africa. Blasting will begin off the coast from Plettenberg Bay all the way to Quebecha as early as next month. Now, Wildlife and Environment Society of South Africa, otherwise known as WESA, have been at the forefront of opposition to seismic blasting in the country. They still are. We've got their chair from uh, the Eastern Cape, Gary Kukumur, joining us now. Gary, court cases have been won uh, against seismic blasting in the past, but it doesn't go away. Darren, good morning and good morning to your readers and listeners. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, there's, uh, as far as we know, that there are 22 applications in the pipeline for um, for various aspects of drilling in the sea. Uh, the seismic is the start of the process uh, where they, they explore uh, in the rock formations under the seabed uh, as to potential sources of oil and gas. So we've been here before and we will be here for some time uh, as we oppose both generally the the offshore exploration and then specifically on specific cases. And the one obviously for us of great concern at the moment is the CGG a seismic survey, but there are others like the TIPSA uh, one, the oil and gas um, the drilling that's going to be taking place off Mossel Bay. But the, the, the big focus for us at the moment is the deadline, today's deadline in terms of the appeal against the CGG one um, uh, because we are very keen that they don't start in January. Gary, how is it that previous court rulings don't apply to each subsequent application? Look, I mean, I think that that's a very good question. I'm not sure that I'm the right person to answer that question because uh, we have the same question. <laughs> we would have thought that those companies would take cognizance of that court ruling and wait until that process is completed. Uh, I think there's a suspicion amongst a lot of us that the, uh, that this is deliberate, that there's a deliberate uh, timing around these things, uh, that it's timed to sort of close to the festive season. So I know the pet community, for instance, that are gearing up for season are having real, real difficulty in putting in an appeal at this time of the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, you know, there are some key principles that the Supreme Court will hear in quarter one of next year around the Shell case and potentially the Constitutional Court. Uh, it's very clear from a lot of marine scientists, and we've seen that as part of the submissions in the Shell case, that seismic causes harm, that it should be studied properly. Um, and uh, and we would we would have thought that a good corporate citizen would hold off until that is well established. Um, but obviously there's opportunity here that people are exploiting, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what we're opposed to. Gary, let's rewind. And uh, for those who aren't 100% up to speed, let's talk about seismic blasting. What is sure. it? It's, it, it's uh, roughly the intensity of a space shuttle launch. Am I exaggerating? Yeah, so it's uh, something between 200 to 250 megahertz, depending on where and how the location is. Essentially what it is is a ship that moves at about four to five knots on a grid pattern, and they tow behind it two things. One is uh, air guns that blast a sonic 
sort of boom into the sea uh, that goes into the seabed and that, which then bounces off and then is taken up by um, um, uh, if uh, sort of phones the, the, the recording equipment and I, the name escapes me for the moment but it is a, an array of those so there's uh, something between 36 to uh, 100 plus depending on the ship that's operating that fires off simultaneously every five to 15 seconds uh, for a period of 24 hours and a period of uh, four to five months. Wow. So in effect, what you will have in this, uh, from the, in the Otaniqua Basin through to the Algoa Basin is this wall of moving sound uh, that blasts. And, and what we know is that if a turtle hatchling uh, swims through that, and that's been clear in this thing, uh, that the turtle hatchling will suffer harm uh, and, and probably mortality, uh, as in they will die. Uh, plankton, we know, dies in close proximity. And, uh, and our concern is that in this area particularly, which we think is the gateway to the Agalis Plateau and a very rich biodiverse marine environment for us of which is essential to the fishing community uh, and the tourism industry in terms of the sardine run we are very concerned that that they've done just a desktop study what they call a bar a basic assessment report and that they haven't done a full proper study uh, which the legislation now requires um, uh, to understand the complexities of this environment Off the top of my head, I would imagine that seismic blasting would also affect the fish and chocker spawning grounds and uh, migration routes, whales, dolphins and the like. Yeah, so they've taken uh, they've taken certain mitigation factors. So, for instance, they're not running the survey during the certain whaling um, migration season, but there are whales that are it's like brides whales that are in the area at the time. So, what they do is that during the day they have spotters, and if they see a whale, then they stop the survey. Um, at night, they then have uh, audio equipment that picks up the sound of whales. Uh, but we've said, look, we, we don't think that. The this kind of mitigation is in any way uh, satisfactory uh, that you all you're doing is you're looking at the surface and and you know uh, at some depths the, it go, extends up to 4000 meters deep so so how do you how do you as on the surface understand what's happening 4000 meters down how do you how do you see a whale that is diving down and they can dive down to hundreds of meters how do you see that whale in that process and what happens to that whale when they when they're coming back up and they're being blasted by the sound. You know, so, so we we really think that the 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 depth of our knowledge around seismic is inadequate, and that the that we need to proceed with caution. And that's the cautionary principle that that is applied in the legislation. That we should until we understand fully just what the impact is. But absolutely, yes, we are very concerned about the bio, the biodiversity in the entire water column, from plankton, uh, which is the, the start of the food chain, all the way through through whales. Is scientific opinion united on this matter, or is it divided? Look, I mean, you know, it's again like with climate change, uh, there are one or two scientists that would uh, would say that it's not as great an impact, but the majority uh, majority of marine scientists are appalled at this idea. So not just uh, not just opposed to it, but are absolutely shocked. You know, and the th- because the key thing is that w- what we need to understand is that. The marine environment is a sound environment that it, it works off sound, you know, and so a large number of, uh, of species use sound in various ways to find prey, to mate, uh, to uh, understand their depth, 
and a large amount of them have ballast uh, within their systems and, and sound waves of this nature interfere with that. How exactly it will vary from species to species and their proximity to the array. But a total hatchling swimming through it is going to die. A plankton swimming through it is going to die. So, so what, uh, you know, and to what extent does that then take place? They, they're going to do a five kilometer radius around the marine protected area there, the PE corals, which is meant to be looking after king club. Now they say they're not going to do it in spawning season, but they're going to do this five kilometer thing. You know, so it's inconsistent. If you if you think that you're not doing it in spawning season, so there's going to be no effect on king clip, then why do this parameter, this uh, sort of buffer around it? Uh, and that's and the key aspect of that area is that the marine protected area is is protecting only a very small proportion of the king clip area, and that goes to squid, it goes to other things. Um, you know, the point that we make consistently is how do you know what's happening at 4,000 meters? Um, and that's very understudied globally. Um, and we don't think that you can proceed on the basis that they are wanting to do so confidently. Now, there's a company called Energeo. They're a non-profit organization uh, representing companies in the geoscience and energy exploration sector. They recently hosted a virtual media information session to, and I quote, address the recent seismic survey approvals in South Africa and allow for a better understanding of the science behind seismic exploration and how it benefits a country's natural resource objectives. We did reach out to Energio to join us on the podcast today, but their spokespersons were unfortunately unavailable for selection. They did undertake to speak to us in the new year. I don't know if you've had personal dealings with Energio or with uh, similar proponents. What are the arguments that they typically typically make for seismic activity and do they hold water? Yeah, so Darren, we've not, we've not had contact with them and I don't know the organisation, so I can't speak on their behalf, but you know, the, the basic principle for us is in terms of the science is that if you are to study a technology, you have to have a baseline from which you operate. So you must, you must know what that environment looks like before. Uh, you must then test during, uh, during the technology rollout, and then you must test afterwards, and you must do so immediately afterwards and then consecutively over a period. We don't know of a single such study that's been done globally by any of the oil and gas companies. So there is some stuff that's been taking place, but nothing to that extent. And you would have to test not just at the surface, but you would have to test all the way down to 4,000 meters, and you would have to test in close proximity. We know that seismic blasts are picked up uh, a thousand kilometers away. Uh, we know that in close proximity, they they will kill the, uh, certain species that they come in, into contact with. What we don't know is what the impact is on a, a mollusk sitting at 4,000 meters uh, on on coral uh, that can't move out the way. So the so the big argument that they use is that whales and dolphins, etc., will hear the noise and move out the way. And we and and that's probably is the case, but. What does that do to the whale and dolphin? We have local research from our local professor at NMU on penguins. We know that penguins pick up this thing 100 kilometers away and that they avoid that area. But by avoiding that area, they avoid their food source too. So that impacts them in that sense. 
we don't know of a single seismic survey in favor of seismic that has uh, that has analyzed it so so for us the the, the science that the companies uh, bring to the front is very sketchy on this and if you go to the the um, documents that we presented in the um, um, high court here in Abe, you will see that there's a huge amount of science that suggests that this isn't uh, that, that this is, isn't a healthy thing to do in that environment. And and maybe Darren, if I can just add, you know, it's not just environmental stuff that we're concerned about. We, the the argument to oil and gas companies is why are you exploring? Um, there is no need for that, you know. So if you're committed to uh, a carbon zero or carbon neutral by 2050, the International Energy Agency has already said there's no need for further exploration. We have enough oil and gas reserves uh, to meet that need globally yeah. up until that period, you know. Um, and so they estimate that the oil and gas is going to peak by 2013. And that we're going to we're going to be converting to green hydrogen and electric vehicles uh, uh, within the next ten years. So, so when this, if they find oil and gas, if they can uh, they can uh, then drill and find and put pipes in place, that process is going to take them fifteen years. By that stage, we're saying that technology is outdated and obsolete, um, and you're going to be sitting with this huge investment that the taxpayer has to pay for or someone has to pay for, uh, and that's not efficient. There's far more efficient ways of uh, assessing our resource, and our biggest resource of that area is the fishing industry, and we have to assess that. We, we have to look after our fishing stocks, and we're not, we, we, we're not doing that. So we're really putting one industry against the other for short-term gain. Who gains? The, the, the public in South Africa is not gaining through this. Getting back to the CGG application, which has been approved, you say that today, the 13th of December, is the last day for formal appeals by uh, members of the public. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So there, there will be. So there's a large community of people in opposition that have uh, activated around this and will be putting in appeals today. Um, there are several um, petitions going around, but a petition is not a, a legal a legal document. So the, you have to put in an appeal that has to go in today. Um, but there are several that uh, that are in motion as we speak, and there will be an appeal against that. Um, so that so that is rolling. But we are generally concerned about the oil and gas industry exploring in our. Uh, in our waters uh, because we don't think it's necessary um, and we think that there are better options for us. Just for the purposes of completion, the email address is appeals, A-P-P-E-A-L-S at D-F-F-E dot gov dot Z-A should anyone still like to take advantage of that process today. Getting back to this past weekend, you uh, had some public protest action in Cape St. Francis. Yeah, so there was uh, public uh, protest action all along the coast. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, there were 26 venues. So here in Nelson Mandela Bay, there was uh, there was a protest action. Plet, uh, St. Francis, um, uh, all along the coastline, Cape Town, uh, 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 venues on the west coast, up up the coast in Port Alfred, um, all along the coast. And and it's uh, people from fishing communities. It's ordinary citizens. Uh, it's people that use the sea, so in tourism or swimmers or people like that. You know, it's just the the sea is to a lot of people a sacred place. 
We're not recognizing that. The sea, to a lot of people, is a means of livelihood. We're not recognizing that. Uh, and the sea is a place of recreation for a large amount of people, uh, and we're not recognizing it. It's really the last sort of wild space uh, wild space that's untapped or un, un, understood. Uh, and we really are saying, look, we have to be very careful how we go into this area. Yeah, we can, uh, we can add the word unexploited, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the problem is that, you know, it's like the race for the moon, you know, who, who, who owns the moon? We, no one owns the moon. You know, we have to, as humanity, we have to say, what are we doing? And we know already that what we've done has brought us on in conflict to the planet's uh, ecosystem. Uh, we have to change course. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for the work that uh, you and Wes are doing. We do look forward to catching up with uh, representatives from Energio during the course of the new year on the subject. But for now, thanks for joining us, Gary. Behind the Herald headlines for today. Awesome. Thanks, Darren. Thanks to you and listeners. And thank you for always paying attention to this. We really appreciate it. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald headlines with Darren Mann.